Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to the Makeup is My Therapy podcast. My name is Nicola Mottram, and I'm a makeup artist in Los Angeles, working on everything from weddings and events to film and television sets. Prior to makeup, I earned my bachelor's in psychology with the intention of getting my master's. Then I discovered makeup. Even though I'm not directly in the field of psychology anymore, I do find that as a makeup artist, I am constantly utilizing it. Have you ever thought that talking to your hairdresser is like talking to your therapist? It's the exact same with makeup. When you're in the, someone's hair or face, there's this inherent sense of trust. They're trusting you with major features of their appearance. So it makes sense that they would then trust you enough to open up about their life. And I love providing that backboard for someone who just needs a listening ear. This was the reason why I wanted to be a psychologist in the first place. I was fascinated with the human mind and finding the motivations behind our actions. And now with makeup, I found that I'm getting the best of both worlds with two great passions of mine. I started this podcast because I wanted to talk psychology and makeup, the trends behind makeup, the history of it, and its psychology and how it affects us. Now, I'm not a therapist, I'm a makeup artist with a unique history in psychology. And I want to create a safe space for people and makeup artists to come and know they aren't alone in the things they're feeling. Makeup can be intimidating. The industry can be intimidating. It can make people feel that they aren't good enough. Have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to address. That the way they look as well isn't good enough. That makeup is a mask. I want to use this podcast to quell that thought. You are good enough. Makeup can be a powerful tool if you want it to be. Now, let's get started. I first want to talk about what makeup can do for you. Instead of picturing makeup as a mask or a way of hiding, picture it as a form of empowerment. You're not hiding your features. You're enhancing them. It's just shifting the perspective of what you're choosing to enhance. You're not hiding a part of your face that you're not comfortable in or uh, confident in. You're enhancing features that you are confident in, that you love about yourself. Find one thing, two things, a few things that you love about your skin or your face or your features and make that the primary focus of why you're choosing to do makeup. So instead of hiding, let's say, rosacea, which is a skin condition that causes redness, simply put, you're choosing to enhance your eyes or your lips or your cheekbones. Whatever it is, make that the primary focus. You're just covering the redness or whatever it is you're wanting to hide initially to complete the makeup look. So it's just a necessary part of the makeup in order for you to complete it. So you're not, you're not, you know, covering up rosacea for the sake of covering it up. You're covering up your rosacea for the sake of the makeup look and for the sake of making your eyes or your lips look complete with the full makeup look. Does that make sense? It's just that change in perspective that allows you to believe that makeup isn't a mask that you're, that you're using to hide behind. It's an empowerment tool that helps you feel your best self. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, right? I know. I get it. I used to struggle with it as well. 
I had red skin, acne, and large pores when I was younger. I had every reason to wear makeup as a mask to hide all of those things. But I realized that using makeup as a defense mechanism wasn't helping me in the long run. Sure, it gave me confidence temporarily, but it wasn't until I started to view my skin as a canvas, as a, as a beautiful tool to create something even more beautiful and not as something to hide behind, that I felt that I didn't need to wear makeup for any other purpose besides my love for it. Makeup is an art form, and I think that it gets lost in translation sometimes when the larger cosmetic companies are trying to sell a product. Marketing and sales tactics have gotten a lot better in terms of positive self-image in more recent years, but it has been ingrained in us that without cosmetics, we're unworthy of love. And only by buying this makeup product or that skincare product will we be worthy of a quote-unquote man. That's how cosmetics and personal care companies used to market themselves. They utilized the secure insecurities to make a profit. You should see some of the ads that cosmetics companies had in the 1950s and 60s. It can really make you gasp at how outrageous some of these headlines were. I mean, I can read a few to you now. Um, here's one. You are in a beauty contest every hour of every day. What? Every hour of every day, you need to be on point. You need to look your best. No, that is absurd. Here's another one. Another love match shipwrecked on the dangerous reef of half-truths about feminine hygiene. And this one has an image of a man leaving his wife who is holding their child. So it's not just the love match that's ruined. It's the entire family. So it's guilt-tripping a woman into not destroying their family if they don't get this product. <laughs> Here's one more. If men hate the sight of you, read this. And that one was about being too skinny. There's a load more about, about being too heavy. I mean, you just can't win. I, it's just uh, impossible. I will include the link to this article in the description below. Um, just so you, if you want to take a look at how absurd some of these were, you can, you can look at them. But over the years, the ads became less obviously shaming, but did it in ways that were more subtle. More recently, it's Photoshop that created those unobtainable standards of beauty. Photoshop can pretty much do anything to anyone's appearance, removing blemishes or skin texture or making someone skinnier. So not only does that make us, the consumers, feel like we can never obtain that level of beauty unless we purchase those beauty products, but a lot of the time, those models or actors who are, you know, the, the face of it have no idea that their image was photoshopped. So when they see it, they're like, wait, that's not me. And then it's not a far leap for them to think, well, am I not good enough either then? Because that's me and you changed me. So these so-called pillars of beauty are also questioning whether they're good enough. So maybe that can then put it in perspective as well. No one is immune to these thoughts of self-doubt, made worse by impossible standards of beauty that not even the representatives of it can obtain. And even though those old tactics aren't being used as much anymore and people are more aware of the dangers of Photoshop, we were exposed to it when we were children and it's still there. 
not only do we learn at a young age from these ads, but we also learn from our parents and the standards that they grew up with. A recent study in 2019 asked a thousand Americans what they thought the perfect woman looked like. You know what the results were? The quote unquote perfect woman was 5'5", 128 pounds with a 26 inch weight. Think about that for a second. This was three years ago. This so-called perfect woman has similar proportions to a preteen or early teenager. My thighs are around 20 inches in diameter. I was a soccer player, so my thighs are on the bigger side, but this point still remains that this is, a, is an impossible image of how most adult women should look. I want to help you unload, unlearn those standards. We are all beautiful no matter who we are. I will go into this in a later episode because I feel like this is worth unpacking even more, but I want to emphasize that makeup is an art form. It shouldn't be something that we should fear or or not embrace in a way that makes us feel good. It is something to admire and experiment with. It should be fun and expressive. So instead of for the standard of beauty, doing makeup, do it for yourself. Do it to make yourself have fun and express yourself and do whatever it is. For me, makeup is my therapy. I have the most clarity when I'm doing my makeup. I don't even think about it. I just do it. And that's how makeup should be. There shouldn't be a standard on makeup. That's how makeup should be. It should be something that we have fun with. I'll leave it at that for now just as some food for thought. I will go into more depth and detail down the line, as well as discuss some other topics within the beauty and makeup industries, and also have guest speakers in related fields to do a deep dive into each topic we discuss. I will leave you with one more parting thought though. Beauty trends change all of the time. Years ago, thin brows were beautiful. Now it's full and fluffy brows. So how can we attain a beauty standard that isn't really a standard at all? Because standards shouldn't change, right? We're all beautiful, and there's nothing a beauty trend can do to change that. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Makeup is My Therapy. My name is Nicola. See you next time.